What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. What up? We are back again today in the studio. Happy to be with you guys today again. Sorry about it. We uh, we're usually we usually have uh, you know release this on Monday. It was a little crazy yesterday, so we'll be doing this on Tuesday. Most of you guys will probably be listening to it Wednesday, uh, but we're always happy that you guys are here supporting us here at Get the Ball Rolling and everything that we're trying to do and everything we're trying to accomplish. So, this week, we'll be going over the games, what happened, what we liked, what we saw, and what to expect for round numero trace, the Sweet 16, well, from the Sweet 16 to the Elite 8, and from, uh, you know, everything around, in and around the world of college football at the FCS level. Uh, there's a few things that I wanted to go over, like I said, from the week prior, uh, from the Sweet 16 and then into the quarterfinals or the Elite Eight, if we're going off of March Madness, and moving forward, uh, some of the some of the teams and stuff like that. Uh, one of the things to do, uh, I already did it for the teams that, you know, maybe we didn't talk a lot about uh, during the, the season, teams that surprised us I really like doing that 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 is one of my favorite things to do one of my other things to favorite things to do is to look at these teams uh, like a UIW who had a phenomenal year and are moving forward where do they build how do they get better they're now moving to the whack what does that affect all those kinds of things you know, UT Martin, they've only had been to the playoffs one time prior. Do they get back? What is the Ohio Valley looking like next year? What kind of recruits are coming in? Those kinds of things absolutely interest me. Can't wait uh, to really, you know, look forward to what next year holds, even if you're out of the playoffs, making it to, you know, be, being able to say you're one of the best 16 teams out there in the nation is is something super special. So, here we go. Let's jump into it. Uh, we'll go through all of our predictions, where we were right and where we were wrong as far as that goes, and can't wait to get into it. So the first game up was Villanova against Holy Cross. I thought it would... The line was at 13. I actually had predicted it almost right at 13, so I said, you know what? I'd take Nova with the points. Uh, my prediction was 27-14, to 14, and uh, I wasn't super far off. It just Nova was unable to... Uh, get it done for me. I, we would have needed an extra touchdown and and to go for two. I the, the final score ended up twenty one to sixteen. So we were wrong on that one. We were right picking Villanova to win. However, uh, it was a little bit closer. It looked like Villanova kind of just took their foot off the brake, which makes it really difficult for you know for the the predictions and stuff like that. I really feel like Villanova goes at as how the quarterback uh, Daniel Smith goes. I uh, I know that he was a, I believe he's a grad transfer from Campbell, if I remember if my brain serves correctly, but uh, it kind of goes how he goes. If he's on it and he's he's rocking and rolling, I think Villanova is uh, arguably a top four or five team. If uh, they're and and I know that they're they're five right now, but uh, up against Holy Cross, who's don't get me wrong, a, a really good team has a wonderful defense. When it doesn't feel like it's in sync, you know that's when things like this happen. Uh, I know that William and Mary beat them this year, and I think that's 
possibly part of the problem when they when they got those loss uh, the losses this year. But I, I really, when I look at it, that's kind of how it goes. Uh, he was on point. What felt like in the JMU game, uh, the highlights I was able to see of it because it was on Flow Sports. Those kinds of things are going to be crucial. And that's kind of how I saw this one. Uh, they felt like they kind of took their foot off the gas. Still able to win. They will be moving on to the next round. The next game up, which was uh, really one of one of my favorite games this weekend, was Montana hosting the Eastern Washington Eagles. I didn't take Mo- Montana minus three. Uh, I actually thought it would be a little bit lower uh, scoring. I thought it would be a lower scoring affair. I thought defense was going to come into it. With it being cold, I didn't know if a lot of points would be scored. Uh, I said 24-21. Three points was, was what I gave myself. And it ended up being 57-41. to 41. And here is, is when uh, we can get into this, but Eastern Washington has... They're kind of a, a one-trick pony, or at least that's what they, they showed. Uh, they could not establish a, ra- a run game. They could not... You know, move the ball effectively, and when you put the you know all of your eggs on one in one basket, it really tends to limit yourself. Montana was blitzing uh, every play, or at least two of the three downs, they were blitzing like crazy, causing Eric Berrier to to have to get the ball out to make reads. And as good as he is, and he is an amazing athlete, an amazing quarterback, and has done amazing things at the FCS level, you can't continue to put it on your quarterback. We see that across the board with multiple quarterbacks all the way up into the NFL ranks. You've got to be able to give them some kind of help. Yeah, did he miss an open wide receiver's? but you can't expect him to be perfect. And so it felt as though the play calling was, was so pass heavy uh, where, you know, in a cold game where you've seen each other, they knew that's what Eastern Washington was going to do. I almost felt like you should have came out and did something what they were not expecting you to do. Montana was blitzing, as I said before. Uh, that what seemed like their game plan. But really, I thought that the, the receivers were better than the corners. There were just a couple of unfortunate mistakes in that Montana forced. That is great defense, putting pressure on them, fumbles, interceptions, and, and, and the likes of that. Kudos to them. They played their hearts out. Uh but that's kind of what I saw, and I was kind of sad because I wanted to see uh, a, a little bit better of a game. It felt like Montana was in control of it from the start, but they were able to come out with the win. We were right on that, so we ended up, you know, so far 1-1 against the spread and 2-0 and on the money line. The next game up, which was, I think, I, I you know, of the all of the games, this was my favorite one uh, to watch. This one and one other was the Kennesaw State against ETSU. Uh, I actually said Kennesaw State to win 31 to 30. I said it would be a last second field goal by Kennesaw to win, or uh, ETSU will go for two and uh, you know not get it. I thought it was going to be a one point game. It turned out to be a one point game, but in uh, the wrong favor. ETSU ends up winning 32 to, to 31. And honestly, both teams played phenomenal. Uh, I, I saw a lot of criticism, uh, a lot of people on Twitter, and I heard a lot in, in certain podcasts. They were very critical of Kennesaw uh, to not go for it when it was fourth and three and you're on your own I believe it was their own 25 you know you get that first down you can pretty much ice the game uh, you know there was criticism on on the kick you know the the kick return and why were you not falling on it and those kinds of things sometimes the ball bounces away sometimes you don't 
in that situation to go up by you know two scores uh, with with what a minute fifty eight or something to go for for Kennesaw State I don't fault that. Uh, however, it is the playoffs. I can see why you would want to go for it. But most of us sitting at home uh, were like, okay, Kennesaw State uh, is taking care of this one. Most of the people at ETSU in the stadium were leaving. They thought it was over, and it you know they were able to to will them back again. Like uh, Nova's quarterback Smith, uh, this one really falls on the quarterback. Uh, Rydell. Uh, he was struggling. Kennesaw State kind of made it uh, a tough game. They played a lot of field position. Uh, they never really let him get into rhythm, but those la- that last drive, they got into it. Another thing is when, when a team is driving, you kind of drop into a basic coverage, a cover four where everyone's getting into a zone, or maybe a cover three uh, and leaving maybe a spy to, to hit the flats or whatever. Uh, you might go tw- cover two. I think that's a little bit more risky, but you're, you're going to be you're going to be in zone. You're not going to be going man. And it allows for exactly what ETSU did to hit the little seam routes, the little rub routes, uh, the out routes where you're not having someone to break on the ball. And so, you know, the defensive, I thought the defensive uh play calling up from Kennesaw's uh, point of view in my opinion was a little bit conservative but again in that moment up two scores you don't think they're going to be able to drive the length of the field get an onside kick and then drive the length of the field again phenomenal give it up to ETSU and give it up for Kennesaw State they played a great football game this should not be lost on them uh, we should give them kudos uh, but we were wrong on on it uh, it was a one point swing I mean we, we did say take uh, always, I always take if there's a minus three I always take the plus three usually unless I feel strongly like the Montana one uh, kind of like the, the Patriots Bills last night once when it hit that three number it's kind of one of those key numbers if you're into betting and stuff like that so uh, once when I saw that I said take ETSU plus three is when I saw it. I believe it was two and a half on the podcast. It flipped to three. And then I said, take KSU on the money line. I was wrong on that. So we're doing pretty good so far. As uh, Southeast Louisiana, JMU, uh, JMU ended up running away with it. Uh, you know, Southeast Louisiana, like Eastern Washington, didn't feel like they had a second punch, a second gear. I said JMU would, uh, I'd take them uh, minus 15. It ends up 59 to 20, so we're right on that. We'll get into James Madison a little bit later. Uh, UIW against Sam Houston. Uh, a lot of people were predicting an absolute blowout in this I had heard it multiple times. A lot of people were hammering the, the Sam Houston uh, minus 13 and a half. And I said, UIW is better than that. And I said, UIW's offense is legit. Now, the question I had was UIW's defense. The ending of that game, again, like the Oklahoma State game, like the Kennesaw State game, it comes down to a matter of inches. Uh, I did think that the last play was a little rushed. I wish that they could have taken a little bit more time. I was cheering for UIW uh, just because I wanted the underdog. Uh, but Sam Houston, and, and it's hard to say if you go into overtime what happens. Sam Houston, that was obviously, in, in my opinion, outside of Stephen F. Austin, which I still think UIW is better. We saw them in the head-to-head. But that was the best team they had played so far. So Sam Houston was kind of, I felt like they kind of came into it. They're going to win. And once we get up, they're going to kind of roll over. UIW didn't do that. And if I am the rest of the field, I'm going to be scared that Sam Houston had that. The best thing that would have happened if you want Sam Houston to not play well is to have them absolutely roll through this. Now, Montana State, a lot of people are talking about them, and we'll get into them a little bit later. Uh, But Sam Houston, I think, is going to be the wake-up call. And I'm 
really excited for that game against Montana State. The next game, again, another one, uh, another one that was pretty predictable. Uh, North Dakota State minus 14. That one I was going to be hammering all day. They ended up winning 38 to 7. SIU didn't look very good. North Dakota State looked like uh, they've hit a different gear. That's what it feels like it takes. And and honestly, with SIU last year, it didn't feel like they had that extra gear. Uh, to beat South Dakota State. They beat Weaver State, which was insane that they were able to do that here in Ogden, but it didn't feel like they could get to this next level. And it was kind of the same thing. It felt like, you know, South Dakota State last year, and by last year I mean in the spring, and then North Dakota State in in the fall, it just felt like those teams kind of hit this second gear while SIU kind of just maintained. And that was what kind of happened. It's hard to win in the Fargo Dome, especially in the playoffs. It's a really well-coached team, of course, uh, you know, NDSU won, so we were right on that one. The next game up, UT Martin against Montana State. Uh, one, when they had announced that the Montana State uh, quarterback was going to be leaving, I was a little worried uh, for that. Now, the... I I did say I would take the, the UTM plus 12 and a half. It crept, I believe, all the way up to 15, if I remember correctly, which I probably uh, would have been able to take that as well. But it ends up Montana State winning 26 to 7. That was a, I believe, like a 19 point uh, you know, swing. So it was fairly close. UTM, it just felt like Montana State came out with a lot more energy. After the week, after the Brawl of the Wild, you were able to take a break, which, again, I think is is good. I think that means that we're going to get a really good uh, quarterfinal game against Sam Houston. But it felt like they were able to kind of reset. Uh, now they did show a lot of running. The quarterback ran all over the place for Montana State. Uh, they're going to have to have that second punch against uh, Sam Houston, kind of like EWU. You can't can be a one-trick pony in the playoffs. Now that was kind of surprising for UT Martin. They had maybe they hadn't game planned. You know, the game planning for one quarterback. You don't know what he's ready for. It's hard to do, uh, especially on the road in uh, the conditions they were put under. Uh, and we'll see what happens uh, come come Saturday. But uh, you know, congratulations UT Martin and that team. Finally, they finish up with Sac State and South Dakota State. And a lot of people had predicted South Dakota State to win. I actually said take Sac State plus 8.5 and, and Sac on the money line. Uh, I said 28-27 for Sac State. Ends up 24-19. So I was right on the money or on the spread. It was wrong on the money line. Uh, Sacramento State, I don't know what it is. If, if they just need to a little bit more playoff experience or whatever. Or maybe it was just the draw that they got getting uh, a really hot awesome P a couple years ago. And then you know this year getting the South Dakota State team, which arguably should be a seed. Uh, kind of a tough draw. I mean, they were the runners-up last in the in the spring. I keep on saying last year, but in the spring, last season, right? Uh, it's going to be, it was a difficult draw. However, you were at home. You got to be able to defend your home field uh, in the playoffs. It made it kind of ugly. Uh, a lot of people were like, well, this one was the, was the easiest lock. I didn't think so. And when they continue to fight, I mean, you get, like I said, one or two bounces your way, and I think it's a completely different game. South Dakota State, which feels like is that they jump up and they just try to maintain this lead. Uh, it feels like that's kind of their MO right now. And they kind of let Sack back in the game. They really controlled it. And then into the second half, Sacramento State just starts slowly chipping away, slowly chipping away. You know, you give Sacramento another two minutes completely different ball game so South Dakota State uh, you know this next weekend is really going to need to prepare uh, for this Villanova team and uh, and I don't know if you can do that against a good team like Villanova and still uh, expect to find success
so let's move on to what we are expecting this week. And let me tell you again, I cannot wait for this this next week. I think we have some wonderful matchups and, of course, always a little bit of playoff magic. So the first game up, we do have James Madison uh, hosting the Grizz of Montana. Uh, it will be on ESPN2 on Friday night. So this is going to be a super important game, super fun game as well. Really excited for this one and to tune into it. Uh, Friday is is a little bit more of a, is a laid back day at work so to come home uh, you know, maybe get off a few minutes early come home uh, you get home from the day get a nice glass of water get some of my chips sit down and just enjoy some football. So here's one rule that I have uh, with good teams I don't like to bet against them uh, I, I, I really don't and in this case I don't like betting against Montana and the points that they're giving uh, James Madison they're saying James Madison to win by a touchdown if I see if that same Montana team and and by same Montana team I mean the defense because I think the defense really won that game last week if the defense shows up and puts pressure like they did on Eric Berrier on the quarterback Johnson, I believe that this game is going to be a lot closer. Now, I've seen Weber State go uh, to Virginia and give JMU some headaches. I've seen that. I've seen JMU have close games. I do not want to bet against JMU at home in the playoffs in December. It's not what I like to do. That is not what I'm going to do here. So I'm going to be taking Montana plus seven, James Madison money line. My prediction for this, 28 to 24. I think that the first little bit, I think, is going to be a lot of feeling out. Uh, first couple drives by both teams. I think that uh, both coaching staffs are more than capable of, of preparing really, really good game plans. And I think it's going to come down to the adjustments. I think that JMU has big play uh, to, to explore. I think they can exploit that into the Montana secondary. I think as long as they can get a clean pocket for him to throw out of and to get the right scheme dialed up when Montana brings that pressure, I think that that JMU is going to have success. If I was Montana, maybe you sit back. Maybe that's the adjustment. Maybe they sit back into a, a more of a zone and stuff like that. Those kind of adjustments that will be made on on the on the offensive and defensive side I really think is Montana's D versus JMU's O. JMU's D is phenomenal. Montana's offense is pretty good. Um it is actually the lowest of the four. Still a really uh, a, a really good offense comparably across the FCS. Uh, it's the lowest, uh, sorry, of the eight, not the four of the four games, but of the uh, the lowest. I think it's going to come down to that. James Madison has a phenomenal offense, phenomenal defense. I'm going to go James Madison. Like I said, 28-24. Moving on to the second game. This will be played Saturday morning. If you're out here on the West Coast, if you're in the Midwest, it will be 11 East Coast noon. So first game of the day. We have North Dakota State hosting ETSU. Now this is an absolute mass, massive, massive number. NDSU plus 24. Now, I believe that you have one win a season where you just, every, everything goes your way and, and you get the right bounce. We saw that with SIU against South Dakota State. We see that with a ton of other teams where it's like, man, they were just, they're just clicking that day. They just got the bounces. Mercer against Chattanooga. 
ETSU against Kennesaw State. They got the bounces. They got the benefit of the doubt. However, seeing North Dakota State dominate SIU and ETSU barely squeaking by a team, I believe the sports book is kind of laying a trap. That is a massive number. I'm going to be taking NDS, er, at ETSU plus 24. I want to take NDSU to win. I think they are really good. I really see, I again, I know this sounds really cliche because they're the top three seeds, but Sam Houston, James Madison, and North Dakota State are the three best teams that I see out of them. Not, no offense to the other teams, but these three are rocking and rolling. They're hitting their stride. Great coaching, great players, been here before. They know what they're doing. And I think South Dakota State is on a hot streak. If they're going able to fly across country from Sacramento back to South Dakota, all the way out to Pennsylvania, and win, they're rocking and rolling. It's just harder to do it on the road, right? And so I these are the those are the three best teams I see. The NDSU's playing phenomenal football. However, twenty-four points is just Far too many that I want to take, uh, you know, NDSU minus 24. So ETSU plus 24 and North Dakota State money line. I believe that the score is going to be 31-21. No offense against the SOCON or against ETSU as a whole. It was a phenomenal season. I really am going to be cheering. I'll be cheering. I love cheering for underdogs. So I think most people like cheering for underdogs. So I'll be tuning in. I'll be cheering for them. But I really think that NDSU, uh, the Fargo Dome, and the way that they're playing right now is going to be the difference in this game. However, ETSU has had a, a season for the ages. We'll see if they can have a little bit more magic in the Fargo Dome on Saturday. The third game, we have South Dakota State flying across country, play, playing uh, the host Villanova Wildcats. And I am I'm, this is probably going to be uh, the closest game, in my opinion, this one and the James Madison one of the entire weekend. Uh, I actually had this power rated as a push. I always write down what the lines I think is going to be. So, you know, maybe a minus one in favor of South Dakota State because they looked better. I feel like this is a little bit of an overreaction to uh, the line of minus seven for South Dakota State. A little bit of an overreaction for... You know, Villanova not looking great, and South Dakota State flying cross-country uh, to beat uh, the Sacramento State Hornets. So I think this is a little bit too much of a line. I would, again, take the underdog with Nova plus 7. I still think that South Dakota State wins. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, kind of like my theory in, in if you have, if it's less than a score, how many times do you win those games? How many times do you lose those games? In the course of a season, usually it evens out. And I think that this week might be the week where South Dakota State gets that extra little, you know, push and they're able to win it, uh, you know, kind of as far as, uh, you know, karma, if you believe in that, or the law of averages, whatever you want to call it, but it kind of swings back in their favor and they're able to win a, a close one-point game. I mean, look, they lost off of a crazy Hail Mary to South Dakota. They lost on a, on a two-point conversion in overtime against SIU. I think this is going to be the one that they get back. Villanova, I still think, has had a really good season. It would be really interesting to see uh, if they made it. Both of these, whomever wins this game, really provides an awesome semifinal matchup uh, against uh, who we'll be talking about next. But I really think uh, I like South Dakota State. I know a lot of people are picking them, and I'm going to pick them here too, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than what the books and a lot of the experts think in this uh, instance. 
finally, the fourth and final game going to be hosted. It's pretty late at night uh, out here on the West Coast. It's at 6.30, so it's 8.30 on the East Coast. Feels pretty good. I'm excited to watch this game. Uh, this is another one game that I'm absolutely stoked for. Sam Houston hosting the Montana State Bobcats. Uh, I do think this is going to be a close game. I had it power rated pretty similarly. I said Sam Houston minus four, and the books have him at minus six. I thought that there would be a little bit of an overreaction to the game last week with where they had uh, Sam Houston plus 13 and a half against UIW. I think a lot of times they just look at the the, the record and they don't take into account the team, right? Uh, right now, you're looking at Montana State. They've had a wonderful season. They did struggle in the Brawl of the Wild up against a really physical Montana team. And this Sam Houston team is physical uh, and they do not lose at home. I don't bet against good teams at home to lose. I think Sam Houston does win this game. I think last week was their wake up call. I think this week they show why they were the national champions in the spring and why they have the opportunity to repeat again. If they beat Montana State, they're looking at a Nova or South Dakota State, which is the lowest seed. I mean, JMU's playing NDSU. That is an absolute barn burner if my predictions hold. That will be great. You get the easier of the semifinal matchup to set you up to go to the final and, and a potential rematch of the national championship as well with South Dakota State, if, if my prediction holds. Uh, I think that this is going to be a great game. But I'm not going to be betting against, against Sam Houston and Casey Keeler at home. Uh, I think I, I'm, I'm really turning in more to a Sam Houston fan. I've watched them a lot the last three seasons, obviously in the spring. I watched them a lot because they're in the WAC. I watch them a lot. My alma mater, Dixie State's now in the WAC. And so I am a, I'm a little bit more biased or partial to see WAC teams and want to see the WAC teams accomplish and, and play well. Uh, we'll see. Again, we'll see what happens. I really want, I really hope that Sam Houston doesn't let uh, Montana State hang around. Montana State's got to come up with this second punch, right? They had a lot of scrambling. They outrushed UT Martin, they controlled the ball, but do they have a second punch? Can they now throw the ball? Uh, because I really think Sam Houston's going to be ready for this RPO scrambling quarterback, and uh, so Montana State has to come out and show something different. If they do, it's going to be closer. My prediction, 34-28, and uh, overall an absolute game. Oh, and I don't know if I said the Villanova prediction. If I did, I'll reiterate it. 28-27, to JMU 28-24, and NDSU 31-21. Uh, again, wonderful slate of games. Excited uh, again to cover this and to kind of talk about what I see. I always like to say when I'm right and when I'm wrong. We had a really good week last week. We were six and two uh, on the spread, six and two on the money line. Of course, I took a couple of chances. Like I said, I always try to do one little upset. My upset this week, I guess, is the South Dakota State because they're over a you know a a, a seated. Uh, opponent uh, in Villanova going cross country. I don't think a lot of people realize how difficult that is. I saw Maine do it a couple of years ago, and I saw Austin P do it. So I'm going to be taking South Dakota State. I think they're hitting their stride right now. Where uh, the you know, last time of Villanova, I don't know uh, really. I, I mean, I saw highlights of the JMU game. It wasn't overtime, and so uh, maybe they were they were seated pretty high, but they get to host it. And it, when you're hosting a, a playoff game, it just means more uh, being on campus for those games are as absolutely phenomenal uh, having experienced it myself so this has been 
another edition of Get the Ball Rolling. Again, this was exclusively to the FCS playoffs. Uh, I was actually driving uh, the other day with my wife on Saturday. We were driving into the beautiful sunny St. George. I'm going to p- uh, pick up a, a little bit of food before uh, we came home and watched more of the games. And I said to myself, I cannot wait until this city hosts a playoff game. So I'm speaking it into existence. Dixie State, which will be soon to be called Utah Tech in, on July 1st of 2022. Uh, I cannot wait to see it. I can't wait to see. I, I saw how Cedar City turned up a few years ago when they hosted Weber State, the Thunderbirds up there. I cannot wait to see, uh, you know, FCS playoffs get to this beautiful and amazing city. I cannot wait for it. It was a picturesque, perfect day. And uh, not very many, I mean, uh, not a lot of people know about us down here in St. George. Very few know about us outside of uh, Utah and, uh, you know, northern Arizona, southern Nevada. I cannot wait until, you know, this, you know, my alma mater gets put on the map. This is one of the reasons why I love the FCS. I love uh, the small venues. I think that they do the college football playoff right. Uh, Having them host it instead of being on neutral site fields uh, really makes the atmosphere just 10,000 times better. Yes, 10,000 times. Uh, like I said, from experience, being at Weber State, one of a one of a kind experience. Uh, been to a lot of sporting events. That was by far one of my favorites, uh, if not my my favorite sporting event ever. And that was an FCS football game. And I've been to a lot of lot of sporting events in my life. So, but this has been again another edition. We'll continue to to pump these out. We'll give out our predictions. We always like to admit when we're wrong. We're not perfect. We know you know. But six and two is pretty good this this last week against the spread and six and two on the money line. Feeling pretty good about myself. Uh, like I said. Uh, this is why I do it week. I know it's it's terrible. It's my betting mind that I that I do it week by week. I've got to see it. I've got to understand it. But uh, that's the way we do it here. So just kind of slowly knocking off the bracket, uh, and then we'll get ready for the off season. There's a lot of things happening. Transfer portal is going to be going nuts, and uh, the the extra year of COVID is going to really be hitting. We're going to get some amazing grad transfers. I think that some of these you know lower littler schools uh, can really boost them into you know prominence like a Mercer uh, that was just on the edge that'll really boost them up I think I think there's going to be a lot of uh, really interesting interesting things happen alrighty so continue to like comment subscribe continue to follow us you guys are amazing we love you we love the support that we have we love the FCS community you guys are amazing uh, continue to reach out we'll be doing uh, I believe our mailbox next week uh, just a couple of questions as far as uh, just to kind of help with the podcast because uh, I'm getting a lot of uh, questions in there that do need answers so you guys have a wonderful week stay safe out there Enjoy the holidays. Until next time, let's keep the ball rolling.